Howdy folks, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time if this is the first episode you're listening to. On this one we got Tim from Palm and Acre, they're in the San Diego area. I had first heard about Tim when he did a craft hot sauce profile on crafthotsauce.com, and he was just talking about, at the time, uh, what he was doing with the Kickstarter. And in this episode, we, we learned a little bit about the backstory and tons of experiments and other things he's up to. If you're interested in trying out either Palmanac or Bernito's Hot Sauce, which was on our, our last podcast episode, check out our monthly Hot Sauce Club. Uh, we got all different types of hot sauces on there. And for this one, we uh, this podcast, we just go straight into it talking about beer, of course, on, on a hot sauce podcast. But uh, before we, we go into it, I'll, I'll have T-Sisters doing a Grateful Dead cover of Bird Song. Uh, taking us in. The whole song will be at the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. San Diego's got a ton of craft breweries everywhere. Uh, Stone is out here, Ballast Point, Green Flash. You know, and all those just started off as, as small passion shops at one point and then just continue to grow, grow, grow. Um, and the common way that the breweries operate out here, and I'm sure elsewhere as well, uh, is they'll have, you know, one or two kind of uh, flavors that'll be in, in stock year round. And then they're constantly doing seasonal flavors and rotations and that sort of thing, a lot of experimentation. Um, we've got the brewery out of Orange County, uh, B-R-U-E-R-Y. Uh, and they've always got all sorts of crazy flavors that they're mixing together, just trying to do things completely outside the box and experiment and see what works. And they come up with some really interesting ideas. Uh, so from, from the hot sauce perspective, that's essentially what I'm trying to do. I've got uh, two flavors coming up in 2018. That'll be my, my you know, consistent flavors that are there. One is a smoked pepper sauce, and, and that's the type of sauce that we initially launched with. Um, and then the other is going to be a fermented sauce. And the idea is that those are the, the two consistent flavors that are there, you know, time and time again. Uh, and then the rest is just supplemented with seasonal, you know, craft flavors that we come up with and, and put out there. Those um, are fun. Yeah, they, they've been really well received, you know, in the marketplace. Uh, we did one, I think it was 2015, to commemorate the first anniversary of the company that had morel mushroom in it and people went crazy. I, wow. I still have, I still find conversations on Facebook where people are like, Hey, has anybody ever tried this? Where can I find this? It was, you know, it was just about 400 bottles or so. If that at the time, I mean, it was, it was really, really small. So wow. it, those sorts of ideas just to really consistently, you know, push the boundary and try to get some neat and unique flavors out there that are a little bit different, you know, from some of the other things that are, that are in the market. Yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. And, and if it's all right, uh, Tim, I, I'd love to go kind of way back, all, all the way back until like, uh, when you first like got into hot sauces and if you could kind of like take me to the point like right before you're prepping your first batch. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, the, the very first batch, uh, very first large batch that I ever did was with my wife and it was for a Christmas gift. Uh, we were doing just a mango-based hot sauce, just a straight Caribbean style. I think we even got the recipe off the web somewhere. Yeah. And it was uh, it was in a brew kettle, so it was probably five, ten gallons maybe. Um, and, and we brewed that up, and it was just, again, just real straightforward. wasn't even fermented, just fresh habaneros. 
Um, and we sent that out to folks and it was really well received, just friends and family, everyone loved it. And then from that, I just kept tinkering and tinkering and tinkering and, you know, try a little of this, try a little of that. Well, what happens if I smoke the peppers? Let's try fermenting them. Let's try, you know, adding this, adding that and, and see what happens. So it was, it was, and so that's, that's, uh, that's great. I mean, and before you started doing that, were you into peppers, uh, and like hot spicy foods? You know, in, uh, undergrad, I was, I was in Ohio for undergrad in the late nineties. Um, and I was really into brewing beer with a roommate of mine. So that was, that was really where I got kind of the, the inspiration for experimentation and for, you know, just, just trying things out, see what works. Um, nice. And I moved out to California in um, 2005, and I had to downsource quite a bit. I, I moved from New York at the time, upstate New York. So I had to downsource quite a bit. When I got to California, I just didn't have a whole lot of room. So since beer brewing requires quite a bit of room, you know, um, I just started with something that was a little bit smaller scale, and a hot sauce really seemed to fit the bill. Nice. Uh, so so you, you seem to kind of like to experiment with like flavor, different combinations and. Absolutely. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I always joke that the reason I started growing peppers is because I wanted to grow wheat, but my wife wouldn't let me. So peppers <laughs> were the closest thing. <laughs> that, that's not really the truth. It's just kind of, kind of a fun story. <laughs> hey, well, well maybe uh, you could experiment and, and put the, the two together. People are doing it. it it's out there for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, Benito's on the, the last podcast was telling us about some kind of beer hot sauces, uh, a few that one's in Vermont and there are a couple in Pennsylvania he mentioned. Uh, have you ever experimented with that at all? Uh, I have. Uh, and, and actually, I've got one that's coming. It's not quite beer, but it's on the, the similar train of thought. Uh, I've got a sauce that I'm releasing this month with a tequila company here in mm. uh, Southern California. The, the tequila company is called Awesome Brasso, and they do some just amazing tequilas. Um, their, their Blanco is just incredible. and It's just the, the foundation that they use to then go on and age um, in all, all sorts of crazy ways. Uh, so I'm doing a, a collaboration with them um, that's got their, their Blanco tequila in there. Um, I have experimented around with with beer sauces. I've had more luck with using spirits. I had another one that had yeah. uh, some whiskey in it and that sort of thing. Um, I've experimented with coffee. Um, I haven't released one with beer, but it's definitely on the radar, especially with the number of, of potential collaborators here in San Diego. You know, small, yeah, I, small breweries. I've done a, a number. Yeah, so I like I, I'm in Boston. You're in San Diego, and I mean, two very opposite sides of the country, but again, like tons of small batch brewery. Um, there's, I have a, a few friends that are in small breweries, and I've been trying to pair some of their beers to my hot sauces. And I was kind of using malt and and hops um, to kind of dry hop the hot sauce, which sounds kind of crazy. And uh, but I'm curious, like, how did you did you approach that? That, that's right on my on my way okay. from, by the way <laughs> um how did i approach with um with experimenting with beer or exper experimenting with, uh, with spirits? the beer hot sauce and it, and actually for the listeners this did not mean to suddenly become a beer hot sauce but when, when you have a, a former brewer and, or maybe even a current brewer still and a current hot sauce i think you got to dig in a bit 
Yeah, for, for me, I would probably use, uh, rather than just going with, with the, the, the ingredients themselves of malt and hop, um, my preferred style would be to actually find um, a small local brewery that I, I already like their beer, mm-hmm. uh, be it something light or dark, depending on where the sauce wanted, wanted to go. Um, and, and really start with that and start with the stout in mind and then, you know, try to work in complementary flavors that would go in with the stout. Um, one of the sauces that I did was a, a green sauce and it, it took on a bit of a life of its own. And I started, call, it, it was called Little Green Rosetta after a Frank Zappa song. And I, I started, it, it started taking on the life of a bit of an Irish meal. Um, there was there was cabbage in there. Uh, I had put in some some coffee and a little bit of whiskey, and so all these kind of complementary flavors really came together. And, and you know that's generally the way I approach it is just you know build a good foundation and then yep. start adding in some of the complementary pieces and, and see where it where it goes from there. Yeah, and I, I that's that's awesome. I, I love that. And, and so I, I just started making. When I started this website, crafthotsauce.com, probably I think it was uh, it was the summer of 2014, and I was going to a new job in Ireland, and I, I had like a month off of work, and I think just like one day I had some, I was just like I'm gonna make hot sauce, and I just started doing a lot more cooking, and ever since like then I, I've been, I, I cook almost all my my meals and dinners, but uh, I, I do love kind of learning and there is a really fast learning curve in terms of how you're thinking about flavors and approaching things, especially when you're willing uh, and bold enough to kind of experiment with some crazy things. But I mean, when you think about like cabbage, uh, beer, whiskey, uh, and like a green chilies like that, you nobody would ever go to use like, Oh, that's obviously a combination. But when you're taking different aspects of, of those flavor profiles and then when you blend them all together, um, I, I, that's, I would love to, to try that sauce. So, um, it, it can, it can be a bit of a tough sell at the markets too. Yeah. You know, there, there are times that I'm explaining to people, you know, what's in the sauce and how it works well. And they hear things that are outside <laughs> the normative, you know, they, they hear something besides just, just peppers, vinegar, salt, and you know, they're, they, they start to get this confused look on their face. Um, but you know, n- 90% of the time, even though they're skeptical when they try the, the response is, wow, that that's actually really good. I'm kind of surprised by that. Uh, and then yeah. sometimes you get the 10% that are just, you know, true purists that want nothing but, you know, the traditional hot sauce ingredients. And, you know, that, that's fine too. There's, there's certainly a market for that. Yeah. And so for this podcast today, I'm like kind of trying to focus on kind of the launch of your, your business. And um, you mentioned kind of going to farmers markets and, kind of descri- describing your sauces and, and me starting my own company right now, uh, my own hot sauce company, I, I'm realizing that like on your website, on your social messaging, just even talking to people in person, you kind of have to have like a story and kind of what is your brand? Like, what, what are you all about? Do you, would you say like you have that down or I mean, what do you say when, when people ask you to kind of like talk about you, your story or, or your brand? Yeah, I would say the, the brand itself is, uh, given the experimental nature of the, the way that we approach sauces, uh, the, the brand is a, is a bit shifting. Uh, when we first launched, I was going with a smoked pepper sauce, which again is not a, a typical, uh, typical strain of sauce necessarily. Uh, the, the, the smoked pepper sauces in particular 
are less vinegary. They're, they're a bit creamier. Um, they've got a great smoke flavor in them. So just right off the bat, it, it wasn't a traditional sauce at all. So there, there was, there was a bit of a story that had to go along with that as I was explaining it to people at the markets, um, just trying to get the brand awareness and the name out there. Okay. Uh, eventually, we moved into more traditional fermented style sauces that people were more accustomed to. Uh, so once we got the smoked pepper sauces out there, it was just a matter of, you know, ever ex expanding the, the offering and, and, you know, communicating that. And so do, how many, I mean, you mentioned you do some experimental sauces, but I'm curious, like, what, what are some of your, your most popular ones? And if you could kind of like highlight a few of them. Yeah, on the smoked pepper sauce side, I had one that was called Pina Lava Sunshine. Uh, and that one was a pineapple-based sauce. So it was a good creamy pineapple base, a uh, bit of coconut in there. So it just has a really bright flavor. Um, out here in, in San Diego, fish tacos are all the rage. Mm. So that was the one that you would just, you know, slather all over fish tacos. And it just, just works really, really well. Um, with the pineapple flavor, it did really well with pork. Um, you know, so you'd add that to some barbecue. And, you know, the pineapple just really brightens up the flavors in there. Um, so uh, on the, are on those the like scotch bonnets or, or habaneros with pepper. Yeah. So all the, the smoked pepper sauces were uh, habanero range. Okay. Uh, so those were, those were uh, smoked habaneros. So no real fermenty flavor in there at all. And then even the vinegar itself was, was dialed back uh, quite a bit. So it wasn't quite as, uh, as punch you in the face, you know, as sometimes yeah. with, with the vinegar sauces. Uh, so it made it really nice and, and light and approachable, even even with the habanero in there. Yep, nice. Uh, and on the on sort of the anniversary sauces, those are the really kind of eclectic and crazy ones. Uh, I had mentioned the morel mushroom one. That one was really really well received. Um, that's probably the the number one sauce that I have people requesting on a regular basis. Nice. Uh, at, at so do you bring that back at certain times in the year? I have not brought it back yet, but I, I've made the claim that it will be happening in 2018 <laughs> for sure. Nice. It, it, it's due. It's, it's certainly due. I, I get requests probably every week for, for information on when that sauce is coming back. So I incredible. think it's due. So how, like, are those local people or uh, be, were, you a, were you focused? Like, um, I guess when we're kind of talking about kind of going from hobby to commercial and I'd like to talk about like what that process, like when, how you came to that decision and some of the changes yeah. before going into that, were those people that were local kind of requesting that or, or were you kind of focused on trying to get your hot sauces out to whoever requested it, even if it's in kind of the other side of the country? Uh, from the very start, I, I would send sauces to anyone that, that wanted them. Even on the Kickstarter campaign, I, I ran... Nice some international uh, specials along with that. Well, and I sent sauces all over the world on that one. Cool. Um, obviously not cheap to ship around the world. But I wish it was so much cheaper, but it's, yeah, it's expensive. It, it can range greatly too, depending on the country you're shipping to. So that was, that was a bit of a mixed bag, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun to get all those, um, you know, out to the people that wanted them, people that, that don't have anything like that, you know, locally, they just want to try something new. So it, it worked out well. Uh, and what I found is locally, there are obviously a lot of supporters um, that we've met through markets, festivals, um, just neighborhood friendships, that sort of thing. Uh, but I, I've lived uh, various places around the country as well. And I've, I've got several 
um, kind of key influencers there as well, folks that 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 know me and gave the sauce a try just you know because we're friends. Um, and then once they got it, they just fell in love with it, and they're the ones that have it, you know, at every one of their barbecues, and nice. they influence their friends, and then it kind of radiates out from there. So there's yeah. probably uh, probably about a dozen or so of those those type of folks around the country that that really really help out, and they're they're doing it just out of you know the same kind of passion that that is is causing me to brew it. So it works yep. out really. Absolutely. Well. Wanted to kind of ask you, when did you decide? from going to like a, a hobby to going commercial? So I was in tech. Uh, so it, I, the company officially started on uh, July 4th, 2014. I was, I was working in tech and I had been in the same company for six years. Um, and it was, it was, you know, relatively stressful job, um, you know, pretty high demand um, as most tech jobs are. Is that a uh, product side? Yeah, I was, I started off as a developer and then I moved into product management. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I was, I was working with several different products there. Um, great team of people, you know, can't say enough good, good things about the, the people, the product, the company, all that. But after, after six years, you know, you kind of get worn down a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and a, a really good friend of mine here in San Diego uh, took his own life in April of that year. So it was kind of just this really defining moment. Uh, at which I, I did a bit of introspection and, you know, started asking yourself, oh, what am I, what am I doing with my time here kind of mm -hmm. thing? You know, so I just kind of took a, a blind leap and decided that I was going to walk out of the tech industry for a bit and start a hot sauce company. And, and by God, that's what I did. Uh, Amazing. So I, uh, took, took a big leap of faith and just kind of ran with it for about a year. Full time. Uh, I was, Dedicated full-time for about a year and a half with it. Um, I did go back in and pick up a, a nine-to-five. I always, I was kind of jokingly referred to that as my, as my night job. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, and, you know, the, the main company itself, the, the sauce company, you know, suffered a bit during that time. Just, to, again, as, as most mm -hmm. jobs are, it requires a lot of time and energy. Um, and, and it definitely took some, some energy away from it. But uh, as of September this year... I'm back to doing this full time and and giving it uh, giving it everything I got. Congratulations! That, that's that's awesome. Uh, it's it's it does take uh, kind of that yeah that leap of faith and um, that's great and it's helpful that you you have a great base as well because it does take time. Um, so I'm sure all those efforts from 2014 15 really helped to to where you are right now and kind of developing those relationships. Yeah, it definitely put the, the momentum uh, in, in the wind in the sails for sure. Yeah. And part of like kind of the talking about relationships with, with people and everything, but I, I think a lot of that's also comes from markets and, and festivals. And I'd be curious if, if you've partaken in uh, farmer's markets a lot or any festivals, I'd love to kind of hear um, kind of how you, suggestions for, for getting started in those, but also what you do with, with uh, if you go to farmer's markets and festivals at all. Yeah, so farmer's markets were uh, the very first place I, I set up shop. Uh, here, here in San Diego County, you could literally do a farmer's market every single day of the week, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes two or three if you really wanted to. Wow. Uh, and I had set up shop in Vista, California, which is a Saturday market, and it's about 10 miles from, from my home base here. Um, and just set up one day and, and started to go from there. 
in, in terms of getting into a market, it, it's really it's really the same whether it's a farmer's market or a street fair or, or even a, um, a store shelf. It's just a matter of walking in and start talking to people and start asking yeah. questions and, you know, hey, who's the market manager? Go talk to the market manager. Uh, hey, I got this great product. Can I, can I give you a sample? Here it is. Um, in, in terms of paperwork that was required for that sort of thing, obviously every state is different. Uh, California in particular has got just a, a ton of regulation around the food industry. Uh, San Diego County in particular is, is one of the more, more highly regulated counties in California. So there, there's certainly, there was a lot of red tape and paperwork and process that had to be worked through uh, before, before everything was, was totally on the up and up. And um, I had to work with the county to get a temporary food facility permit. Uh, I had to work with the state to get my uh, process food manufacturing and then that was I, I did that first um, and that allowed me to create sauce and so long as it was kept cold I could you know sell it at farmers markets and, and put it out on the market um, okay. yeah. it took, it took, were you navigating that yourself that uh, I was, yeah <laughs> and, a lot of that is you know just getting on the websites and for the local county and the state and trying to, you know, muddle through all the red tape there. Yeah. Uh, at one point I actually went down to a state inspector in San Diego County and he's one of the, um, <clears throat> one of the inspectors that goes around to all the kitchens and does the inspections and, you know, really works with the, the state of California cannery program. Um, and that's, that's the, the shelf stable side of things. So if you want to, if you want to sell something that doesn't have to be kept refrigerated and is not classified as perishable, keep refrigerated, you have to go through the cannery program, which I'm a member of now. Um, but, but prior to becoming a, a, a member of that, I went and, and ended up knocking on doors and wound up at this guy's office and just started asking questions. And the guys answer those questions, and eventually he stops and looks at me and goes, how the hell did you get in here in the first place, man? <laughs> Persisted, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you said just uh, at, at the market, just go up to the – or ask for the market manager. And that's kind of something – I heard, I got a suggestion for somebody else and I just went up to a company that uh, was selling barbecue sauce at a, a farmer's market. And I was like, can I pick your brain for 15 minutes at some point, just like all the stages that you went through and they kind of lined up like, this is what you do. This is how I did it. Suggestions. And uh, there, I mean, you yeah, you can go down the rabbit hole and finding for different things, but I think just going to somebody in a local market where you are and just kind of asking the process and if you can pick their brain, I'm sure they would uh, try to help people to avoid that going through the, the whole process of finding it all out yourself uh, again. Definitely. Anytime someone stopped by the market uh, while I was there and asked me those questions, I was always happy to answer. Yeah. yeah. It, it can be a bit of a painful process if you're just doing it on your own. Cool. And do you go to any hot sauce festivals or chili festivals? So in San Diego here, there are a bunch of street fairs. Um, and those generally happen in spring and again in the fall. And those are, you know, every beach town has got one. Um, there's a couple of towns inland a bit that have them as well. Uh, so the between the months of April, May, June, those are every weekend or every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And those can be really, really large. Uh, we try to do several of those uh, in the spring and again in the fall as well, just because it's a great way to, um, you know, meet local people, 
Uh, it's, it's not necessarily a farmer's market, so it draws a different type of crowd as well. There's all sorts of clothing and, you know, art, and you just get a, a nice mix of people coming through there on a regular basis. Nice. So, so those, are, those are great, and those happen in the spring and again in the fall. And then during the summer, uh, we have done the Southern California Hot Sauce Expo uh, with High River Sauces, you know, putting that on around the country. Uh, one of their stops is in, um, well, I was in uh, Long Beach for two years, and it was in Anaheim this last year. Uh, we weren't able to make the Anaheim one, but we've been there for both the Long Beach and it's just, it, that's a great, great festival for hot yeah. sauce. Can't say enough good things about those. Yeah, I, I would love to, to go to that one. I go to the New York, I've gone to the New York Hot Sauce Expo for a few years in a row. And it's just a, a really good time. Everyone's having a fun time. And I actually, oh man. So I, uh, I emailed uh, Steve Seabury and I was like, oh, uh, I want to be part of uh, one of the, eating challenges. Cause I, I just see those people and I'm like, eh, like that's, that's difficult, but I'm curious what that's actually like. And, and I, I, I kind of, I don't work on my tolerance, but I feel like I have a pretty good tolerance. So it's like, I think I could, I don't know if I, I'm not going to eat 60 reapers like that guy, Wayne, who broke the, <laughs> the Guinness book, book of world record uh, for eating the most ghost peppers in a minute or something. I think it was, it was an absurd amount. pizza eating competition of doom ad hell something some other words in there that are kind of scary and so I, I would go and i'm like uh don't exactly know what it is but uh i was i got there early because I, I work with a lot of those uh hot sauce vendors that were there and were kind of setting some up some orders for the hot sauce club and so i was like talking and moving for like five hours and I was like, I'm, I'm getting some lunch at like two o'clock and the, the thing was at three. So I, I get there, I get back from lunch and I'm, I'm, they're like, who's ready? And like, they, they put the camera in my face and like this guy comes up from last year, like this huge guy. He was like, I bet you like 50 bucks. You can't beat me. And I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you won last year. I'm not going to bet $50 that uh, I can beat you. And then like everybody else started like kind of like, you, are you ready for this? And so they sort of announced it on the stage. And I, don't know, I didn't know that you had to eat an entire eight slices of pizza. It was like two million Scoville unit entire pizza. And I just had lunch an hour ago. So I'm, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and, uh, and then like they go up on stage and, like, and, and there's probably like five or 600, at least 500 or 600 people. And uh, so I, my, my uh, method was just like, I'm not going to win this. So I'm going to try to give people a show. So I just like tried to eat as much as I could, as fast as I could. I didn't end up throwing up, but I, I thought for about three minutes straight, I was like on the 50, 50 stage, but I mean, it was just incredible. There's like, it was just, and there was these different stages. So like right when I, I had it, it was like, like, this is really good pizza. And this is also really hot. Two million Scoville units is obviously hot enough but uh it, it was possible to eat but you get like the pins and needles on your face and then it like goes down to like your neck and like behind your head and top of your head and then like you start sweating and it was like the first pure high and euphoric stage i got from from eating things uh, and, and it lasted for like an hour and uh it, i mean I, I had a good time but uh i think i might 
lesson of that is I think I might sit that one out again for, for this year. It, it can be pretty brutal. I've seen people go face down afterwards, you know, people <laughs> just losing it. Yeah. It, it's pretty brutal. People don't really, you know, fully expect the, the, the pain that comes when you get into that level of, of eating. Yeah. And even the small stuff like, uh, I, I have uh, a lot of family from Ireland and I had an aunt that was over uh, when I was actually kind of prepping my ghost peppers and I was just chopping them all up and then I was cutting them, uh, weighing them in a bag and then writing like the amount of that was in, in each bag. And my aunt took the pen that I was, had my gloves on with the ghost peppers and put it in her mouth. And like a minute later, I hear her like screaming, like, like what the hell did you do, Brian? And so like, and, and she has no tolerance for heat at all, being from Ireland and not liking hot sauce. So I, I just like ran over to the kitchen, got yogurt, and I just like put this all over your face. Uh, it felt horrible for her. But, that, that is an occupational hazard for sure. Oh man, it, it's dangerous, and it, or, I don't know how dangerous it is, but uh, it, it's painful sometimes, and especially like when you're. Uh, I, I usually saute my hot sauce, and sometimes just the gas from it will like just go straight through your throat. And uh, I, I do make a Reaper sauce, and I I did so somewhat reluctantly, just because I had so many people that would come by. Um, you know, I've always I've always been for for flavor, flavor first, then heat. Um, and in, in terms of heat, I've always tended to stay kind of in the habanero range, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. But that's kind of my, my sweet spot. And I, I got so irritated with people that would, you know, try to be, you know, a, a tough guy about it. And, you know, that's not hot. You got to think it's really hot. And, and so I went and I, you know, I made a reaper sauce just for those people. Uh, and I, I still, still got some flavor in there. I put some, some pear and some raspberry um, and the Reaper, and I, I call it "Don't Pair the Reaper." So nice. Okay. There is still a bit of flavor, and the heat just just really wallops you. Uh, and I made it for for just those people. You know, I'd say, "All right, here, here, try this." You know, and give them a big quarter size dollop of that, <laughs> and you know that that usually does the trick for them. I, I yeah. For people that love the intense heat, you know, they they really appreciate that one. But the the dangers of cooking that one are just intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 25 gallons of, of Reaper in afterwards when I've got the, you know, the hot water just blasting in the, the brew kettle. I mean, the vapor is just everywhere. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like tear gas in there. The kitchen is just uninhabitable at that point. I, I generally chase every single person out of the kitchen with that. It's yeah. usually me, you know, gasping to get through it. Um, but I, I have the, the mash that I use for that in five gallon buckets. And I was, I was dumping the mash into the, the pot at one point on one of the brews. Uh, and I got this splash that came right up and just hit me right in the eye. I mean, I wear glasses. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason, it was the, the oh. shot of a lifetime. It got around the glasses, got into my eye. And it was, it was pure Reaper mash <laughs> that went into oh. my eye at that point. Uh, so I, I spent about, about the next 45 minutes on my hands and knees just... <laughs> <laughs> just having a rough time with life. Yeah. My, my wife, my wife is, is there a, is there a, a right way to go about that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> not really. There's not yeah. much you can do. She, yeah. kept giving me cold, she kept giving me cold compresses and I would put that on and then, you know, get swap it out with the next one. 
she was convinced that I had to put milk in my eye, which I refused to do. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I was thinking. It's like whenever it's hot, it's like milk is always the, the go-to. But I was like, milk in your eye? I don't, I don't know. And, and then she kept trying to take me to the ER, and I refused to go <laughs> to the ER. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like eating the Reaper. You know, you get that just intense burning sensation for about an hour, and then and it starts to cool down from there. That's, that's pretty much what happened. And then I had to finish the batch because I was, you know, halfway through the batch. At that oh, point. man, yeah, you don't get to take the, the afternoon off after that. Or are you at a commercial kitchen? Yeah, so I've, I've got a commercial kitchen that I'm using in Oceanside, which is just the next town over. Nice. There's a, a Netflix show that's the most mindless show ever. <laughs> I am, like, afraid, to, I'm ashamed to admit it, but uh, that I watch it. But there, it takes place in Oceanside. So. Oh, someone was telling me about this. What's the name of it? It's called American Vandal. Yeah, someone was uh, just telling me about like, it. It's a documentary about this person that spray paints a bunch of dicks on probably 27 <laughs> cars. And they, it's like an intense documentary to find out who actually did it. Um, so <laughs> so now, now I'll think of you, Tim. When, uh, <laughs> when I, I can't believe I've actually watched eight episodes on this on Netflix. But uh Jeez, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, I have a few questions that I like to ask everybody, and the, and the first one is, like, do you have any memorable fail stories? You might have just burned a, a great one, no pun intended, with that uh, that Reaper hitting your eye. That that's definitely a good one. But is it, do you have any other fail stories that come to mind? Reaper in the eye definitely counts uh, <laughs> on that. The, the the very first farmers market that I that I went to. I was you know, trying to do some calculations in my head. Well, how many sauces am I going to sell? How many should I take with me? And I was, um, I was still under the perishable keep refrigerated uh, side of the, the licensing at that point because I hadn't okay. gotten into the cannery yet. So, so transporting sauces was kind of a big deal. But you know, I had high hopes and, and great intentions, and I loaded up three monstrous coolers <laughs> with all this sauce. And I, I'm, you know, I'm taking it with me. I've just got, you know, Cases and cases and cases of these things that I, I set up. I, I probably didn't even burn through a quarter of one of the coolers. <laughs> I just had this, this massive hauling of sauce to and from the kitchen. That, that was one of my, my earlier miscalculations for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, I guess it, it could be good that it wasn't the other way around, that you brought like 10 hot sauce bottles to and – one in 30, 30 minutes, but uh, yeah, yeah sure. that's, it's a pain to uh, to carry all that. It, hot sauce is heavy when it when it comes in cases, especially when it's in coolers with ice. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of wasted energy on that one. But you know, it kind of kind of uh, set set the course going forward. I, I knew what to expect from that point forward. Apparently, you don't sell hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bottles <laughs> every week at the farmers market. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Do you have a, a favorite non-Pulmonaker hot sauce? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you can name a few, too, if, if, uh, if you'd like. Yeah, um, Marie Sharp's for sure. That's one of the ones yeah. that I was into a long, long time ago and just, just really, really enjoy everything that comes out of there. I love the Caribbean, Caribbean out there. Um, let's see, other, other great manufacturers. Uh, Lucky Dog, big fan. Ghost, yeah. Ghost Cream's awesome. just right up in Oceanside here. What is, what's it, Ghost Scream? Ghost Scream, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, they had won the, the competition in at the, the Scream Aminis in, uh, I want to say, 15 or 16, somewhere around there. 
So just, just a great all-around, all-purpose sauce. Uh, Charman is another great one. Great guys, great company, great sauce. Um, Are they in your area yeah, as well? They're out of Ojai, which is a little further north. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, man, I could, I could go on and on. <laughs> High River always looks great stuff. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to throw you off here. Four seconds to answer this. What, what is your favorite band? Oh, that's easy. Grateful Dead. Always. Okay. <laughs> nice. Have, have, no you seen, have you seen the, the Dead & Co. Uh, tour at all? You know, I haven't seen any of those. Yeah. Um, when they came around San Diego, I was, I was elsewhere. Um, you know, anytime that they're – these days, you always catch something on Facebook where they're streaming something live. You know, I always tune in and give, give a listen there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I was fortunate enough to see them at Fenway Park uh, a couple summers ago, which was, right. yeah, that was an unbelievable time. Cool. I, I got a couple more questions. I'm very early in my hot sauce venture, but I've been very fortunate to have some people help me along the journey. Is there somebody that like really stands out, like helping you a ton through kind of starting the company and where you are today? I was talking uh, with uh, the folks up at Lucky Dog when I first got going, and that was actually really, really helpful uh, just to pick, pick their brain a bit. Um, I started, you know, had quite a few questions that they really helped with. Locally, locally there were a lot of folks just in the, the farmer's, market, far, farmer's market circle that, um, you know, really helped get me going just from a, a business perspective, just kind of getting into that mode of thinking. Um, and they, you know, one was a coffee purveyor. Uh, one, one is a, is an older fellow from Alabama that sells peanuts, believe it or not. <laughs> awesome. He, he's awesome. Big shout out to big Jim. I love him. Uh, yeah, in, you know, uh, even locally, just asking around folks at, you know, the commercial kitchen folks that were doing, um, you know, you know long timers in the catering business, uh, long time chefs. I mean, I was coming into this as uh, someone, you know, a bit of an outsider to the, to the field of, of culinary pursuits. So talking to, you know, professional chefs really, really helped me out a lot. Uh, it's not specific to hot sauce, but just in, in terms of um, you really up in my game in the kitchen, that helped awesome. out tremendously. So it seems like you've had a lot of help along the way. And I have a feeling it's probably you being proactive and asking for it. Is that safe to assume? Yeah, I, I'm never shy. I, <laughs> I yeah. always reach out and, and ask questions and, you know, try to be very polite and diplomatic about it, especially if it's, you know, potentially something that's controversial or, you know, I, I always try to be, I always try to be diplomatic and polite and, and you know, in, in my request. But yeah, for sure. I, I definitely go, go and ask for help when I need it. Nice. Great. And, uh, I can have a last question on, on my end here. And then I might ask if, if there's anything else you want to add, where can people buy your hot sauce? So uh, locally, I'm in a couple of different markets here in the San Diego area of uh, Fraser farms in Oceanside and Vista uh, seaside market in Cardiff. Um, I used to do the Vista farmers market. I don't currently, uh, but I, I will probably be getting back in there in the 2018 timeframe. Uh, any of the um, kind of street fairs here in San Diego, I'm usually all up and down those in, in San Diego County. Uh, but for those folks that aren't local, there is palmanacre.com. So there's a web shop there uh, currently. So feel free to, to check that out. Uh, restricting shipping on that to U.S. only at the time being. But if, you know, if you're 
somewhere else and you really want to give it a shot, just, just shoot me a line. I'm sure we can work something out. Nice. Nice. And, uh, soon to be on uh, the craft hot sauce monthly club. So we'll, uh, we'll get that sorted to, to have you included in, in one of our upcoming months. That'll be great. Looking forward to that. Nice. And uh, before we go, is there anything else that you kind of like, like to share or um, kind of any final thoughts? You know, I don't really have any words of wisdom to part with. <laughs> I, uh, I, there's the, the great thing about hot sauce is, is one there, there's always a lot of, a lot of energy and, and love that goes into it, both in terms of making it and then when people get a hold of it, you know, it's generally really well received. So it's, it's a great way to make the world a better place, you know, one bottle at a time. I love that. That's a great final thought, Tim. Don't, don't uh, sell your shorts. That was off the cuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> Authentic. Great. And, Tim, uh, you keep me posted because I, I work on trying to keep our followers posted on what they've been up to. Uh, you were a contributor in 2015 with one of our craft hot sauce profiles and, and coming onto the podcast. So I want to just thank you for, for taking your time and, and sharing more because I, I know people love hearing about this and, um, and yeah, definitely reach out to Tim as well. It doesn't have to be through me. So yeah, my pleasure. Uh, thanks so much for having me here. Really appreciate it. You got it, Tim. Well, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that and happy new year. And as New Year's treat, everyone that subscribes to our Craft Hot Sauce Club will actually get a few extra ounces than normal. So uh, Tim's hot sauces will be included, uh, which are six-ounce bottles. Uh, so looking forward to, to having Palm and Acre pepper sauce as well as Benito's and another surprise in our monthly's Hot Sauce Club. So thanks for listening. We have the T-Sisters cover of Birdsong right now. Uh, my good friend Andy Allen Follender, my first best friend, is their guitarist. So enjoy the song and look forward to connecting next time. Thank you.